0: Hello again from Kids Music, where we meet the people behind the music. In the pantheon of kindy music, Justin Roberts is on the mountaintop. He is a four-time Grammy nominee and tours nationally with his band, the Not Ready for Naptime Players. John and Dan exchange laughs and creative chops with this remarkable performer as they discuss the making of his recent Grammy-nominated CD, Wildlife. It deals with the joys of parenthood accompanied by the beautiful sounds of piano, cello, marimba, and
1: many other cool
2: instruments.
0: It's an enlightening interview with an enlightened artist.
2: I'm just kidding, and he's just kidding. Just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding, and they're just kidding. You kid a little bit, too. Yeah,
0: hi, everyone. I'm Dan Crow. And I am John Wood, officially. And today, we have a very special guest, uh, Dan. Unfortunately, it's not you, because you are very special in your own Thank unique you. way. <laughs> but we have, which makes sense, because a couple of days ago, it was uh, talked like a pirate day, and we have the dread Justin Roberts is with us today. From, <laughs> wait a minute. Hold on. Let me, let me look at my notes. No, Ron, it's Justin Roberts, the... Uh, the all-star uh, children's artist uh, who's done many albums and he's gonna tell us all about it. Welcome to the show. Uh, so Justin, uh, you've got a new album out and it, coincidentally a new baby, is that correct? Or maybe the baby's older than, uh, than I know.
1: Uh, the baby is now uh, almost two years old. And yeah, the new album is called Wildlife and I wrote it um, mostly leading up to Uh, Eli's birth and and shortly after uh, in terms of the writing process and uh, it's kind of all about that experience Um, and it was sort of a, you know, I was, I don't know if you guys have had this experience where you're trying to make something and you decide, okay, I'm going to do this certain type of music or art or whatever and then what you end up producing is the opposite of what you were trying to do. So I was trying to make a big uh, giant kids record uh, with my band again, because the last one I'd done had been a live, live in the studio acoustic album called Lemonade. And I wanted to do something like a big rock record and plan to write all these, you know, super upbeat songs. And then I wrote all these ballads. <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes you just have to follow whatever ends up coming out.
0: I, I, I set out to write bad songs. <laughs> and, uh,
1: I, and it didn't work.
2: No, no. I <laughs> learned to psych myself out. <laughs> There's nothing like collaborating on a bad song. We really, we nailed it. Huh, John? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're
0: like Memlin and Menartney
2: <laughs> <Love it. laughs> i gotta tell you though justin when we were before you uh, lucinda just left the house She was. we put on uh wildlife the uh, you know one of the videos from the yep. two versions of that by the way you did one just with lyric i i, I saw that but the one with that's eli right yeah and, exactly yeah. yeah he was standing here watching it on our team and she's she gets started getting tears in her eyes. She says, so beautiful song. She was so it's a beautiful, song. Every one of them is so beautifully produced and well and written too, obviously. Thank you. It's a
3: wild life. What you gonna do with it? Stretches just a little bit, cross the great divide. So Deep And the souls are few Who think of something new to be Who think of something true to be Who never take a big back seat Make a way Make a wild way Through this wild life That's given you to run and play have a laugh and cut a wild path through this wild life, cause it's a wild life. Be a man of means, but live it like a party girl. Never understand the world, just walk it with your own two. Choose, it's a masterpiece Read your Bible every day But then get up and walk away You gotta be your own good news Make a way Make a wild way this wildlife that's given you to run and play Have a laugh and cut a wild path Through this wildlife, cause it's a wildlife There's a little light shining down the corridor Can almost hear the lions roar can almost hear the band. So off you go. It's gonna take a life at least to get you to the wedding feast. To get you to the promised land.
2: Terrific. Recordings.
0: During the birth, did you actually sing, Eli's coming? <laughs> or yeah. that, maybe that's too much, but I would have put that in the movie if you don't mind. I'm yeah, sure. go for it. <laughs> yeah, uh, try to get the right, uh, no, beautiful album. It, it's it's interesting. We talk a lot and, and myself being a, a music reviewer, uh, a lot of, uh, especially in the, uh, uh, the, the big songwriting events like Napa and things of that nature. Course, i've reviewed your albums for for years yeah uh, in fact i'm fed up with it no i'm
2: not yeah
1: <laughs> that's why i brought you on here <laughs> to berate you
0: uh, but uh, you know you get a lot of um uh artists and not necessarily specifically children's artists but they have a child and all of a sudden they're a children's artist yeah you're kind of doing it the reverse way around you put up multiple <laughs> albums and i'm wondering how the perspective because it's an ongoing process, of course. How how the perspective will will uh, will change for you in your in your songwriting because yeah. now we've got a transitional piece, uh, I, I would say. Yeah, and, and it'll be interesting to see where you where when when your child actually starts doing all that stuff you've been writing about.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for, for well, years. it's been. I mean. You know, I don't find myself listening to my records after I make them very often, but now having Eli, my wife plays my music a lot for him and he now requests songs and, you know, goes around the house playing a ukulele and singing pop fly and things like that. So it's been fun to actually watch a child, you know, become attached to certain songs and um, from that perspective, because I've never had that before. Um,
0: that's erroneous information that I heard where his first words were Ralph's world
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that wasn't true I think Ralph Ralph's (laughs) world but uh, I I think um, I mean you know early on I was finding myself writing the most I mean just not stuff that I would release but just uh, singing to him you know the silliest um, yeah maybe traditional melody kind of things but like you know, burp songs and stuff like that. And I don't know that I'm ever going to turn those, even though they're useful, like sing so and sing along for 60 seconds and try to burp them. Uh, you know, but it would be like, this is the kind of genius I'm writing after, after a child is like burp, 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 burp. I'm going to see you burp and stuff like that. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm lucky I wrote all these records beforehand because I can't even think anymore because I'm not sleeping. And like, <laughs> it was easier not children to write children's songs.
0: That's, well, yeah. Plus, uh you know, you're home a lot. (laughs) Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. I mean, I think most of the stuff I've written in the past has been uh, memories of my own childhood and just little moments that come to mind. And and also, I mean, I think with songwriting in general, you're trying to get inside the head of a character that you're writing about. Mm -hmm. So I've written songs, you know, where I've imagined what it's like to be a parent before I was a parent. And I listen back to those songs and I think, yeah, that was pretty good. Like that, that actually is what it feels like. I, you know, you can you can imagine something that you're not. And I think like a lot of the kids' songs, it's just about getting inside a character's head. So I am curious to see like what sort of inspiration comes from watching Eli. Because, you know, from the moment he arrived, it's just like he's his own person like both my wife and I are like, you, you sort of expect to see more of yourself in the child. And in some ways it's like, no, this is just like this other being that came from outer space. And that's, that's sort of what's cool about them because they are who they are, like from the moment they're born. And you just see those traits kind of develop and you're like, wow, that's exactly the person that I saw when I first set eyes on him. It's, I don't know.
2: You know, what's beautiful about the, the work you did on this album is that Anna is part of the whole project, right? Yeah. So as my, your wife, we're talking about, of course. And she's a terrific player, obviously. I love the cello, But anyway, she, you guys must have had some emotional times when you're sitting in the studio doing these songs.
1: You know? Well, even more emotional if I tell you this, but uh, Liam Davis, who's produced all my records, you know, I made all the demos for these songs, and I had arranged them very sparsely um, and used a lot of Pitts cello and things like that, just, you know, on the MIDI keyboard kind of thing. And then we got into the studio and Liam was setting up the initial tracking session. And he said, I want to have you and Anna track the the basics just sitting across from each other. So they put the mics up and the two of us and various things to, you know, block sound and everything. But we were sitting directly across from each other like this and we just went through and recorded the basic tracks for almost everything that way. So it was the two of us. And occasionally we had our percussionist in another room, you know, keeping time or, or adding percussion, but um, you know, it was just us in an open room playing together, which was really cool. (laughs) And in very intense, like I've never done that. I've often been in, in a room by myself looking out at musicians through glass or something, but not just, sitting directly across from this one person who is my wife and I'm in love with and we're, you know, singing songs about her child so yeah, it was intense. Very sweet.
0: Yeah. Boy, if I had any emotion, I'd be tearing
1: up right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: that's why we got you along, John. <laughs> you know, there's so many wonderful moments in the album that I, I, I had heard, I think you put out Hide and Seek, one of the cuts for, uh, earlier on and when it first came yeah. out.
3: You were younger playing hide and seek. In your secret spot down by the creek. Where well, you wouldn't move a muscle, no, you wouldn't make a sound. But there ain't nobody don't wanna be. Moses was hidden down by the Nile He cried and screamed for a little while Then the Pharaoh's daughter saw him on the ground Said there ain't nobody don't want to be found No, there ain't nobody don't want to know that you wanna hide your face live in the shadows of your secret place there's a prisoner in the alley there's a dog in the pound but there ain't nobody don't wanna be found no there ain't nobody don't wanna Cover your eyes and count to ten And step right out in the world again It don't matter where you go, you're always homeward bound Cause there ain't nobody don't wanna stood in the garden and wept nighttime fell as disciples slept you can be the son of God waiting to be crowned but there ain't nobody don't want to be found no there ain't nobody don't want to You were a baby you'd hide your eyes. Open your hands and you'd realize there's a beautiful world shining all around and the rain.
1: You're in New Mexico, aren't you?
2: Yes, we are. Uh-huh. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah so um, a uh, a church down there that we uh, have performed with in the past was raising money for a musician's fund for New Mexico musicians, and he uh, commissioned Anna and I to do a video early on in the pandemic. Uh which was right. wonderful because, <laughs> as, as we all know, the, uh, the pandemic has been difficult for live music. Um, but, yeah, so Hide and Seek was the song that we chose to do for that
2: love that song yeah that's beautiful.
1: I mean I always feel like I sneak songs on my kids records that you know could have ended up on a grown up record if I ever made one mm-hmm. um, and that one in particular I think is like that I have a very good friend who was going through a super tough time and that song sort of came out as I was thinking about his situation and I can remember just even as a child myself, that hide and seek thing being like a super big fascination, but also like the enjoyment of hiding and like the enjoyment of being found and like that whole idea. I think when I was writing it, I just really felt like I was like trying to do a, Bruce Springsteen Nebraska type song, <laughs> and I was just imagining like what would Bruce do in this situation, and I'm like, I'm sure he'd pr- pull out some biblical reference. But uh... I
0: used to uh, play hide and seek, and then uh, after about a week, I realized that nobody was looking for me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty much <laughs> that, it. So, that is
1: actually how I get things done in the house is Eli will play hide and seek and I'll be like, Okay, I'm looking for you and then I'll be like it's <laughs> something I need to do really quick. Boy, I wonder where Eli is. I'm like, Thank God I gotta get this done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Going back to your uh your beginnings as a musician, you were in um you were in bands, right?
1: Yes. Um I I went to uh Kenyon College in Ohio and I started a band there with uh Mike Hallenbeck and Tracy Spuler. that was called Pimentos for Gus. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we were wow, a very
0: esoteric. Yeah, exactly.
1: We were, that's pretty much what we were like. Uh, but we were, it was two acoustic guitars and a fiddle and we eventually had bass and percussion, but um, it was uh, everything from punk rock on acoustic guitars to ballads. And we toured the Midwest for five years or so and put out, three albums. During that time, I I worked at a preschool in Minneapolis where we were living and started writing songs for kids there, you know, never imagining that I would be a children's musician, but just writing songs because I was in a preschool and we were talking about apples and, you know, that'd be like, okay, I'll write a a song about an apple tree. The band broke up and I decided to go back to graduate school because I was planning on uh, maybe being a professor in religious studies or something like that. That was my goal. And I, um, I had these kids songs and Liam Davis, who I referred to before, uh, was living in Chicago and I was headed to University of Chicago for graduate school. And I said, you know, before I go to school, I want to record these songs because I'd love to just have them recorded just for no reason other than it'd be nice to have a professional recording of them. And so I I went to Chicago the summer before we recorded Great Big Sun and this was in 97 and uh, I, you know, printed a few copies and had them in my basement apartment and at University of Chicago and was not planning on promoting it or doing anything and um, it got a couple national reviews and people started buying it and I was sending it off through P.O. boxes and this was pretty pre-internet still so it was a lot of checks and P.O. box kind of ordering you know I so I played a few shows around Chicago and I had a couple professors with kids and they were like, what are you doing here? Why don't don't you go and do that? You're really great at that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I'm not so good at this if you're telling me to do something else. But but, uh, so after I did a master's there and uh, and then I decided to pursue it full-time and it was probably right around that time that I contacted Dan. At that time then it was maybe like, um, that was 2000 or 2001 around there but I was thinking about it up until then. And so I was researching a lot and then the internet was more happening. And uh, I remember just kind of searching for children's musicians and like looking around and I reached out to Dan because I was just asking for advice from people, you know, about how to do this and how to do it right. Cause I'd been putting out records and playing in bands and touring, but Dan was like so amazing in a million ways. And I still, every time anyone contacts me, like some brand new children's musician who's hasn't made their first record or whatever, and they want some advice, I'm always like, yes, I'll make time for you. But I also think about Dan because I think about, he was just like a super mensch. And I was like, uh, I was just, You know, and I still his advice rings in my head all the time, and it's been really valuable.
0: You mean that part where he says, "Get out of the business." Yeah,
2: exactly. He said, "Don't ever do this." (laughs) Competition. (laughs) Well, it it helped that the 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 questions were intelligent, you know, and that your your heart was in the right place. I could feel that, you know, over the phone. I remember feeling that, you know. Because, but I think it's amazing to think about. The, the your career and so many. We've been talking to a lot of your friends and our friends over the last couple of weeks. Again reconnecting with with Dave Canoy and Randy. Dave says hi and and uh, Roger Day and Dennis Scott and Dana and you know it, these and it's just astounding how this music has so to speak grown up. You know. Yeah. Just so sophisticated now. What from the beginnings? Which I'm saying I'm not taking any away from the simplicity of obviously the old folk songs and Woody and Pete and everybody you know and go wow. on. But this was we've been John and I have witnessed it for a long, long time. You know. So yeah. what was it? Was it 1932, John, that we did our album?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 32 because there was a lot of upheaval going on. Yeah. I just really wanted to use the word upheaval today for some reason.
1: Good, I'm glad you got
2: that, you got in. that in your notes. I got that out of the way.
0: Use upheaval.
2: He's always upheaving.
0: <laughs> we are, you know, we, we, we the children's music is kind of a, you know, kind of a guiding light, I think, and a stabilizing um, especially for young people who don't understand uh, all the turmoil and what not going on. And parents are upset and this and that. And the uh, the music soothes the savage beast and uh, will continue to do so. Our, our music is uh, uh, evergreen as the, another, another uh, cliche word, but it's true.
1: Uh, Dan, you just reminded me when you were talking about the, uh, you know, some of the early children's bu- musicians and, um, The other day, I was doing a show for the ARC in Ann Arbor. The ARC, you know, is a classic folk club from the 60s, I think, is when it started. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just an amazing, amazing, intimate venue that uh, has hosted, you know, their wall is just filled with all the greats. And uh, I did a little online concert for them because they're not, you know, back in business yet to do real live shows. Uh, And it was the day after uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. So it was an emotional time. Uh, And you know, I'm just figuring out my set list and I'm like, I need something that will speak to something about what's going on. You know, it's a a classic, but I I just was like, Woody Guthrie, this land is your land. That, that, you know, that would resonate. And I could maybe make up a little simple verse about Ruth and how her whole life was all about making sure that that was true. And, uh, you know, that music is so powerful. And Woody is one of those people that um, his kids' records, I think, are just so genius because they're simple, but he gets so into the perspective of what either being a kid is about or that experience of being a parent. I think about like "Why Oh Why," which is just a, such a hilarious song. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that one, but you know it is. It's like I've heard a lot of people try to write songs about kids asking why, but Woody Guthrie's is, is like out of this world and like so weird and funny.
3: Why can't a mouse eat the streetcar? Why oh why oh why? Cause a mouse's stomach could never roll big enough to hold a streetcar Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye
1: And then he also has, you know, these beautiful songs about, like, one day old, two day old That's just, like, hits in the perfect spot And, you know, I think of Ella Jenkins being here in Chicago and all the powerful work she has done
3: Who stacked the hay? I did Who milked the cow? <laughs> I did On this... Finding once
1: again. That- uh, and, you know, Eli and I will throw on an Ella Jenkins record and listen to that. And it's just, you know, it's timeless stuff.
2: Lynn Orman's a good friend of ours, you know, and Lynn works with yeah. her quite a bit. And I'm always getting posts from her, pictures of Ella, and it's so sweet. I love seeing that, you know. Gosh, I know, cause she's. Yeah remember when a few years back she got a a, a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Grammys and yep. uh, I was able to go there and, and hang out with her and, and with Lynn and, and uh, Kathy Fink and everybody was there honoring her because she deserves all the honors. I remember what one time, she was beautiful. Time back at, it was the taste of Chicago, which I sure you've done multiple times. I was, yeah. yeah. times. Yeah. I was there, there with Dave and we were performing in uh and Ella, we had to go. It was a hot, hot, hot summer. I think one of the hottest summers in the history of the city, at the park, Lincoln Park, I guess. And, where, and uh, she she had a show. She was doing her show. And she, they had a big stage set up. And they said, we don't want – she would not going to use that stage. It was too hot. There was no cover. So she took all the kids and all the families and put them under a giant oak tree, and they sat in the shade and did the show. It was one of the most – Wow, that's, and then David, I had to go out on the stage later it didn't get hot, and, <laughs> and so I, <laughs> but she was beautiful.
1: I still remember like the first time that I ever performed with her. You know, we had, or maybe it was the second time, but we had a whole five piece band and we were doing our you know crazy whatever like <laughs> high energy stuff and like trying to keep everyone engaged and making making sure we were doing all the all the hand motions and dances and things and it was just like frenetic and then she gets on stage with just the baritone ukulele and like the crowd you could have heard a pin drop there were like 40 year old fathers weeping and like i was like okay i'm give up. <laughs> i not gonna be able to compete with that
2: the less is more exactly yeah it goes back to what you were saying about woody too you know yeah yeah. And I uh, bless hearts, all of them. And all, all of our good friends are, that we, over the years, we work with Marsha Berman is a good example. Oh, yeah. And uh, Patty Zadlin and, and Uncle Ruthie. Well, oh, she's a little frenetic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <She is. laughs>
0: so is this, this is your uh, studio, is it? Rehearsal room? Or?
1: It's, a, it's my basement uh, and it's just a section of the basement and it's where I have my, my office stuff. It never was used for this purpose, but since all this has been going on, like doing streams and sometimes the venues that um, still want to do virtual concerts in place of the, the ones that I had planned, I've been filming them here, and I have a green screen and stuff too if I turn the camera.
0: I love the ingenuity of uh, of artists in general with, with, during a time like this, and you, you saw how everybody was adjusting. It was a little rough, even yep. the talk show guys at night, you know, From and then all of a sudden it started – they started to get it same with the the children's artists and all of a sudden the, the, the quality of everything went up
3: coaches put me in the outfield do i even need to mention it's my job to catch the ball and more important pay attention to the pitcher or the batter is it the former or the latter does it even really matter Look like elephants, and that squirrel up in the trees looking down at me, then back up at the sky. Is it a bird or a plane? Should I pray for some rain or hope that it's just a helicopter? Suddenly, I'm seized by a horrible disease. Someone, please, someone, please call my family doctor because it's a pop, 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 pop Oh, it's nothing, I'm feeling better Thought it was rounding me Bumblebee's collecting honey for their home, And that squirrel up in the trees, looking down at me, then back up at the sky. Is it a bird or a plane? Should I pray for some rain or hope that it's just a helicopter? Suddenly I'm seized by a horrible disease. Someone please, someone please call my family doctor because it's a pa that i caught the yeah, yeah. pa pa
0: um... What's the future? uh, Well, we don't know what the future holds, but what does the artistic future hold for you, Justin? I mean, what do you... you I'm
1: hoping that that record that I was trying to make before Wildlife will come about because I'd love to make another album with my band. The one thing the uh, pandemic has reiterated is how much I love the people in my band and how much I miss playing with them. And so uh, I'm going to try to write some stuff that utilizes all of their talents and, um, you know... It seems like there are ways, I mean, we've done a couple things here and there, um, you know, with a lot of precautions and social distance um, have allowed us to get together once or twice now. And I think studios, there are studios that are taking precautions and, you know, you can stay pretty distant from people in those kind of settings. So uh, I'm hoping maybe to write a new big rock record that's, you know, the thing that I was planning on doing when I didn't, but who knows, I'll probably write a poker record or whatever. <laughs> it's like, the know, the, that, that the plans things. are never what happens, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to focus on that. And then, uh, I've also been writing picture books, um, very slowly over the years. I have two more of those that are coming out in the next several years. It takes a while for that to actually happen, but, um, I'm hoping to write more, uh, during this time, cause that's something I can do alone. I'm just really missing touring. I mean, I uh, love playing in front of audiences and we, we've had a, there's a venue here in Evanston called Space uh, and they have been doing two different things that have been kind of unusual, but they've been really fun. And one of them is people can do private backyard concerts for family members or people within the same COVID circle. And, and this venue will show up and they'll bring pizza and, and beer or whatever, you know, cause they're also a restaurant. Um, and then they'll have a musician perform. And so I've done, they've done those mostly for grownups, but they've done a couple kids shows. And so I've done that. And then they also, in a parking lot, um, behind their venue, they've set up a, a stage with tables separated and there's, uh, I think they can sell 50 tickets, but it's a pretty large space and everyone's spaced out. Yeah. And I, I'm playing a show there this weekend, which will be really fun. Um, and I did that with, with Liam and Gerald we also perform in a very weird minimalist eighties cover band called part-time lovers. Uh, and we did a show there that's, we cover, we cover all the trumpet parts on kazoo and, uh, it's very silly and weird, but, (laughs) but it's fun. But having experiences like that to, to at least be with people while the weather is decent here, uh, is, is nice. Um, but you know, I, I miss the, the giant school assemblies and, and, uh, Just oh, all the things where you just have people packed into one space, and and you can get that frenetic energy going, and uh, sure. so fun. You know, and I remember
0: is, in the late '60s. Uh, so this social distancing is really not that new for me because we were spaced out back then. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, we didn't have much yeah. of an audience, so there was social distancing built right, exactly. So really, this is. This is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> you know, three cats that look at me hungrily. That if I if I didn't make it, they would go. God, we could eat on him for a couple of months.
2: <laughs> Justin, I know you because you you seem to understand dogs really well in the way they think. Because you have yeah, one. Too, yeah, you? I do. Yeah, big one. You've written some great songs about your dog. Yes.
1: Oh, oh, uh, yeah. It's um, it's the one written from a dog's perspective. That's which right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that is funny because, you know, I've written from like parents' perspectives and, and kids' perspectives mainly. And I was like, oh, I'll write from a dog's perspective. And then like it gets into the the bridge and, and it's this, you know, Distracted, kind of spaced out dog. And I'm like, wait, that's just me. That's not, that's not a dog. Like, that's me. Like, you know, I'll get really into something and really focused on it, but I'll be like, oh, what's that? Like, like, I cannot, I'm not good at keeping. uh, My wife's like, come on, stay with what you're doing. You got to keep, finish it.
2: Like, Anna says, hey, I think I'll take you for a walk.
1: Yeah. Eli's actually a cat man. Like, and I, you know, he's had a dog around him since he was born. And, He's kind of like, eh, whatever. (laughs) Like if a cat is around, he's just like, oh, like it's everything. So like, yeah, and he's doing even better now. Um, But yeah, that, that, uh, that my wife was out in, in Ann Arbor uh, with her folks. And that's where she just happened to film that stuff that is from that wildlife video. And we weren't planning on making a video. She would just film this long shot. And I was like, wow, that's a great shot. And I saw it and I was just like, I can totally see that with that music for some reason. And I put it together and it
2: Which worked so good. well. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yeah. I had a question just, about that too, because that's that you wrote all the songs except that one, right? Except that one, yes. Yeah. Tell us about the, it. Was it was Curtis, the, Who wrote that song? A so bit about so uh,
1: the last song on the album is called Wildlife and it's the title track, but uh, it's written by my friend Craig Wright, Who is a playwright and a a television writer and producer? He has a lot of plays that get put on um, across the country. One of my favorites is called The Pavilion. Uh, But He he wrote Grace, which was on Broadway briefly, and uh, a few others. But then he's written for Six Feet Under and Lost. And uh, he now does a show called Greenleaf on the Oprah Network that's about uh, an African-American megachurch that's had several seasons. But he is also a songwriter, and I met him in Minneapolis back in the 90s, and he played in a group called The Tropicals. And they kind of had the same circuits and played together a lot and I always loved his songs and so many of them he never recorded, um, he just would write them and uh, a few years ago, or not a few years ago, like 15 years ago or something I made some uh, records with uh, that were all based on biblical stories and most of the songs that I'd written for vacation bible school on commission uh but i made these records and i wasn't done with them and i thought about oh craig wrote this really great song about job that he never recorded that one day i showed up at his house and he had a piano and he's like hey listen to this and it's like this song that just is the most beautiful song you've ever heard in your life and i was like oh maybe i'll record that and i recorded that and that one you know still when people get those records that song everyone mentions it and it's a beautiful beautiful song called where were you And I've always loved his songs. At one point, I went out to, he lives in LA, and uh, I went out there with a a recording device and just recorded Craig playing like 10 of his songs that he'd never recorded just because I wanted to like have them preserved somehow and he was at the, at this point living uh, in Malibu and like right on the ocean. And so I have these recordings of Craig playing piano and singing these songs with the ocean waves in the background. Anyway, uh, Wildlife is a song that he used to play with the tropicals back in the 90s and also just never recorded it. And I've always loved it and I've covered it myself just when I'm playing shows. And uh, as I was putting this record together, not sure how to make it fit into a piece and whether it was an album or not, I thought of that song and I was like, oh my gosh, if I cover that song and call it wildlife. I feel like that's great. And right around the same time, Anna's mother said, oh, I found this picture we've been looking for for years. And she sent this picture of Anna on a swing when she's four years old. And I looked at that picture and I was like, oh my gosh, can I use that for an album cover? Because that is so beautiful. And I was like, oh my gosh, wildlife. And it's this, and it's the the swing. And the the first song I wrote for the album is called When You First Let Go. And the first image is uh, a child in a swing. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is Perfect. Uh, And so it all came together and I just said, Hey, Craig, do you mind if I cover the song? He's like, Oh no, I'd love it if you did it. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's, he's amazing. I've actually thought about doing a whole album of just his songs uh, and I've never actually gotten to it, but um, every time I visit him, he's got another amazing song that makes you want to cry. It's like so good. So I don't know. He's great. It really fits
2: obviously in the theme of the album, you know, it's so perfect.
1: Yeah. And I love it as an ending song. It's just, it's such a, that last verse, I think initially, like when he wrote the song a while back, he um, used to sing the chorus at the end. But when I recorded him that time on the ocean, he didn't. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love it like that. Like ending with that third verse without the chorus coming back. And especially like with the video with Eli walking away and sort of disappearing behind a tree. It just, is like, it works really well because it's,
2: well, it's good for open to doing that, his songs in another project, maybe. And hey, maybe you could do an album of John's bad songs, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're, they're more mediocre. Oh, they're up to mediocre. I forgot. Yeah. yeah they're, they're,
0: I do have a, a, a double album of bad songs. I really start a song, and then I do what you do, Justin. At times, I just wander off into the... <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: It was the hottest day in July We were sweaty on the porch, just my brother and I My dad said, boys, when we were young This is the way we lived when the heat just stung We'd mix the sweet with the sour wall We could just sit there for hours, wall. With the ice and the lemon and the sugar and the shade, we were all grown up. lemonade. Let's take a poster board and a marker. Better be the day. We'll make those big black letters darker. Better be the day. And then we'll tape it to the table. That sign we made, it says 25 cents. Lemonade. It was the hottest day in July. Had to be the hottest day. The air was thick, not a cloud in the sky. Be the hottest day. And when I called out to my dog, you know, he just stayed. He was like air conditioning and I was like... Lemonade. You gotta mix the sweet with the sour might have Whoa. to sit there for hours. Whoa. Sit there for hours. Whoa. Cut a hole in the top of a coffee can. It's how we get paid. You know we're all grown up. Lemonade. Now it won't be long until the day is gone. And and go inside Lemonade (sighs) Gotta mix the sweet with the sour sour, Might have to sit there for hours hours, And all the people in the church are walking out cause they just prayed But the one thing they're really thinking about is Lemonade You gotta mix the sweet with the sour You might have to sit there for hours hours, You might have to bike around the block Tell them what we made Better get it while it lasts Cause the summer's going fast Lemonade It was the hottest day in July Had to be the hottest day remember. It was the hottest day in July hot, hot, hot. I mean, with the ice and the lemon and the sugar and the shade We were all grown up Lemonade Lemonade
2: Good luck with the voting on this thing. I know, I know cause yeah. I've i been getting a lot of the submissions and I know you've been nominated three times for Grammys and, and been in the final four, which is always an honor to be yeah. in the final five, no doubt. You know,
1: but. Yeah. And I think it's always, I mean, I've actually never submitted a record that's this kind of quiet thing. I think sometimes that can be harder to uh, catch people's attention because they have to really spend some time with it. If it's, you know, an upbeat rocking song, you can sort of just put it on, oh, yeah, wow, this sounds really good. Like, but I think there's something different if it's, if it's an introspective record. Um, but I'm really, I'm happy I made it. I, I have to give credit to my wife, Anna, because as I said, I was trying to make a different kind of record and I was writing these songs and I wasn't thinking I'm making my new kid's record. I'm just like, I, this is, I just wrote this song today and here, listen to it. <laughs> like, and I wasn't like, this is going to be my new kid 's record. I was just like, "This is what I wrote today, and i don 't know why and she just kept saying, "These are some of my favorite songs you 've written you've got to put this out and She kind of like pushed me in that direction and uh i 'm glad I did i not only because sort of like with making the first kids' record that I made it 's nice to document songs and have them recorded professionally, and you know I would play little noodling piano lines on the demos, but then My friend, Lisa Kaplan, who plays with 8th Blackbird, you know, I asked her to play piano on the record and she's amazing. And she was inside her piano plucking strings on certain parts and just like, you know, just, there's just cool things that happen in a studio when you're working with really creative musicians. And I love that part of the process and, you know, getting to hear the finished work like that. I mean, Anna is such a extremely talented musician and in ways that I never will be, uh, she went to Oberlin conservatory and like she can play so fast and such crazy rhythms. And I'm like, I can't do that, <laughs> but, but it's great to have that perspective because, um, you know, we, we feed off each other and things that I can do that she can't, she seems enamored by, but, um, I, one of the few great things about this situation of being kind of, stuck at home is uh, Anna and I have been playing together a lot more. And we've been doing these nighttime concerts of, you know, mostly covers and uh, a handful of originals, uh, but just playing together and figuring out sets and songs that we would never play otherwise. And, uh, you know, doing little shows in our living room to people on the internet. And that's been, that's been really fun.
2: You use the ukulele a lot in this album. Yeah, I did.
1: Yeah. This one and the last one, um, I was lucky enough to have uh, Kathy and Marcy visiting me several years ago. Uh, And we, um, I think it was the time that we maybe met up with Ella and um, uh, we played a show together. And I was asking Marcy about the ukulele because I was like, I think I want to get a ukulele. And she literally gave me her personal ukulele. And like Kathy Fink was like, almost had horror look of horror in her eyes. Like, that's the one that you've recorded all these songs with. Are you sure you want to give them that one? <laughs> and I was like, I don't, I feel a little bit weird about you. Giving it. And she's like, no, no, I want you to have it. And, uh, so she gave me her ukulele and, uh, it's an amazing ukulele. And so I was like, I got to learn how to play this. And so Lemonade is most of it is written on ukulele. And yeah, and I've just continued to play it. And so there's, there's a, several songs on the new record where I do, I, I love it. It's, it's great. And I mean, I'll never be able to play like Marcy, but it's, it's such a fun instrument. I encourage kids all the time to pick that up. I think it's a perfect first instrument.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, Fred sokolo has got several books out now on the ukulele. Oh. It, and he's, we play a lot with Fred over the years and he's been, he's been doing really well with that. It's become so popular, you know, yeah. in a Beatles book just recently on with the ukulele. Wow. That youth fest
1: that uh, Kathy and Marcy do with, with several other people. It's just, I've grown to massive, you know, massive quantities of people because it's, oh, it's such an approachable instrument, but it, perfect. I mean, the people that are masters at it, then you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like it's, it's such a gorgeous instrument. Uh, and when it's, when it's played well, you know, then I think it's... You ever uh,
0: hear the story of, uh, with Paul McCartney where uh, I guess George Harrison would have these massive like house concerts where you had to bring a, a ukulele so McCartney learned. And then in the uh, concert for George, McCartney plays something, you know, something you know, starts with ukulele and then the band kicks in. It's amazing.
1: Wow. I've never heard that. The ukulele
0: is such, as you say, is such an expressive uh, instrument.
1: Yeah. And I think of, uh, when I think of McCartney, I think of Ram, which I love that record. Yeah. That, that song is great. <laughs> it's yeah. one of the first that I learned when I got the ukulele. I was like, I well,
2: all this instrumentation on this, by the way, is Robbie does your percussion, right? This, you know. Oh, Gerald, Gerald Dowd. Oh, that's who it was. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay.
1: yeah. And he's, he's amazing. Cause he can play, you know, the best groove in the world and he, you know, plays jazz and whatever, like, but he also just can play a great rock beat, but he's such, he's so sensitive to, he's a songwriter too, and he has a great solo album, Um, but he's very sensitive to song structure. And I feel like he always does what's right for the song. And in this record, you know, he does very subtle percussion and it's some, some of the songs he's only, we didn't use a click, we used Gerald in the other room and sometimes we just got rid of the drums afterwards cause we didn't need it or we just decided it was better without drums. But Gerald was the one like keeping time, which is, it's, it's cool to hear a drummer that can underplay and, and, and do it the right way. Uh, and the other thing that was fun on this record is one of the other instruments that Anna plays besides cello is viola da gamba, which is a precursor to the cello and has frets and more strings and uh it's got this very eerie sound and um, and beautiful sound. But um, so we did, a, I think, maybe two songs with that, which is also fun to have an early music instrument on the record that isn't something that normally it shows up.
2: Absolutely. This is great for Eli to be here and, you know, being, growing up listening to this music like that. He heard it all the way before he
1: even arrived because uh, yeah. Anna was playing concerts up until... Uh, she gave birth. And I'm and, uh, sure
2: you play classical music around the house quite a bit too, don't you? I don't-
1: Yeah, we play, yeah, we play a lot of stuff. And Anna, Anna, actually I play classical music and Anna tells me to turn it off. <laughs> 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 you know, I guess Eli will
0: turn 18 and Justin and Anna will sit down with them and say, well, you've been around music all your life, son. Are you ready to, Go out on the road and maybe back us up because no, actually, I want to be an accountant.
1: (laughs) John, you joke about that. That's what we joke about is we're like, we really want him to be an accountant. Two musicians is enough.
2: (laughs) That is a perfect career. (laughs) I always have to hire one, and (laughs) you could be the You'll be a baseball player for the Cubs, you know, exactly (laughs) right.
1: He's very into basketball, right? uh, I know that he has the height, but he's he's
0: well it's been terrific we could talk to you all day absolutely there's a great great to see you guys support. too. absolutely well it's been a pleasure and uh being on our uh just kidding podcast Dan Crow, you were uh you were tremendous uh there were many things that you said that made sense and john you were mediocre yeah
2: we really appreciated that
0: thank you uh, i was a good solid mediocre well cheers and all the best to you my friend all the best you I hope you get to yeah.
1: see both of you in person down the road soon.
0: Willie was a whale, and he
3: walked on the water, and he tried to be a and he tried to be tough, but Willie wasn't Willie it wasn't Wuffy it, all, it was a Willie White. singer's feeling kind of silly, didn't want to dilly, daddy sang to willy-wally.
2: We're just kidding and they're just kidding, you kid a little bit too. When we feel like singing, we invite some friends, we we'll have some fun and laugh a lot. Hope it never, hope it never, I'm just kidding, and he's just kidding, just kidding is what we do. We're just kidding and-